Report. Everything's status quo, sir. Very well. If um, anyone needs me, I'll be in my ready room. Readier Room, the only and longest-running Star Trek The Next Generation rewatch podcast. Every week we bring you an episode of Star Trek The Next Generation and all the behind-the-scenes stories that made it happen. My name is Mitchell Mel, Chief Consultant of Services of Paramount, and with me is my life partner Brandon Hobbs, former Head of Resources Management. How are those uh, resources being managed today, Brandon? Well, today, um, my, uh, my protege... Oh, is uh is managing them you know pretty thoroughly i think Mm -hmm. um he trained under me for about 25 years and uh and and when i say trained under me i mean he trained under me always got to talk about your protege huh hey well listen you, you, um, you didn't spend enough time with him for 25 years that you need right, to... Come on, we're, we're not going to do this on, on the podcast. We already did we, already, we did this yesterday. I thought, I thought we were over this. You just keep having him over in the pool. Well, what am I supposed to do to invite anyone over in the pool? We have the That's pool why it's there. large get-togethers, not one-on-one rendezvous at two in the morning. It's not a rendezvous. It's not a rendezvous. We were training. We're training for a swim meet. Uh huh. Is that what you call it? Yes, that's what it is. Uh huh. And and part part of that is is one person needs to have their head above the water, and the other person needs to be under the water for for minutes at a time. It's just how it how it works. I know it looks weird, but you realize that you, you know you pulled the same trick on me. Not trick, but you know you did the same thing. Oh. You gotta hold your breath for two minutes, because what if something's stuck in there for more than two minutes? Right? Right? We all know where that leads. Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Look, you might think that I'm asleep, but, you know, you know where the window is. You know that it overlooks the pool. Uh Uh-huh. You know that I know. Look, I'm just, we need, we need a little spice. Come on. It's it's been 50 years. Come on. So, Starbucks has been selling these uh, matcha scones recently. Ooh. Yeah. yeah it's as good as it sounds. Um, now, I know that... I don't, I don't know how good it does sound. Do, do, you, not like, <laughs> do you not like matcha? Hey, well, matcha... I mean, when when you say matcha, I mean, it's like it's like foam matcha and, like, sugar, right? It's it's pretty... Ma- it's mecha matcha. <laughs> <laughs> you like that oh um, i i i really do um yeah i mean i'm sure there's not somebody in the back with um you know <laughs> a, a pestle and matcha powder you know harvested from the authentic fields but well, is is it is it savory yeah really yeah it's it's a, well it's a scone right and you know that scones can be quite dense um yeah sure it's not a light pastry by any means I'm just, I can't imagine the flavor, really, because the only matcha stuff I've ever had is, you know, like, the Kit Kats or the ice cream. Yeah, I mean, those are more Kit Kat or ice cream. I think that 
This scone is pretty equal parts matcha. <laughs> it's half bread, half green tea. <laughs> scones are not bread. What do you mean scones aren't bread? It's a pastry. Is a cupcake bread to you? <laughs> okay, look, a scone is significantly more bread than a cupcake is. No. You can put, like, you can put, like, meat or eggs on a scone. You can put anything on anything. I guess. Right? I don't know. It's... Whatever. Point is, it's pretty good. And I, like, yes, you go to uh, a tea place, they put matcha in the thing, they rotate the cup, you drink, you rotate the cup. Um, you have that matcha, it's like somebody, you know, shoving something thick down your throat. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're not going to ever really get that from anything but the real thing, but it approximates. Well, I'm happy you're happy. That's Thank good. You. I'm glad for you. Thank you. I, um, listen, I, I had, I had a bit of a, I don't know, a, a bit of a crisis the other day. On how many Earths was this crisis? <laughs> Infinite. <laughs> On every Earth, I'm having this crisis. I see. <laughs> you ever watch like a, uh, an old Idol music video, and and you realize like, wow, these girls are like thirty five now. Is this um, is this Ice Pastel? No, not Ice Pastel. No, I was I was watching old like AKB forty eight stuff. Okay, one day, you know, they will be forty eight. They will be. Well, I mean, they, they won't. They won't be in the group anymore. But <laughs> wait, is yeah, that group still still grouping? Are they still doing their thing? Well, yeah. So, so the way it works, I know you're not like very up on the idol thing, but no. um, the way it works is the group. The group always exists in name, but they kick out the old ones and it like oh, you know, they inaugurate new ones. They pass they, the mantle. They, yes, yes, <laughs> so to speak. And when they kick them out, they have like graduations. Yes, I've whatever. I've heard of this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and they, I'm pretty sure they televised them uh, uh, somewhere. I think it's um, kind of like Saw. You ever seen the movie Saw? Yeah. <laughs> you know, they live stream somebody's... Uh... <laughs> somebody's death. This time they're just live streaming their career death. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think a lot of those girls actually end up um, going on to solo careers, and some of them end up uh, fairly successful, I think. Hmm. I think. Some I don't the, really know. I'm not I, the biggest fan. I know some of them end up successful in the uh, personal massage business. <laughs> you know that for a fact? Yeah, I know that for a fact. <laughs> <laughs> she, she, she's just getting a hand job. Hey, wait, wait, didn't you used to be an AKB48? <laughs> That's actually something I uh, I say to Japanese women apropos of nothing. <laughs> That's actually kind of a funny idea. <laughs> Halfway through a date, you just kind of do a double take, and you're like, wait a minute. Aren't you an idol? Are you an idol? <laughs> <laughs> now, now, what I want to know is, why do so many Japanese idols play with the devil's hands? All right, not bad. Not bad. It took me, it took me a minute. <laughs> <laughs> but I have nowhere to go with that. So. That's okay. 
I'm just. <laughs> it was good enough for you. <laughs> I'm just happy to get it out into the world. You know. Um, yeah. It's, have you uh, uh-huh. have you heard of Dungeon Synth? <laughs> for only from you. Is this a Kingsfield vibe? Yes, yes, it is actually. Okay, I'm 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 glad I'm glad you're you're uh, following the uh, the plot here. Of course. Um. Yeah, yeah. I went to a Kingsfield video, and someone said, "Look up Dungeon Synth," and apparently, it's something that's been around since the '90s. Wow. So, without the um the vestigial element of a video game dungeon overlaid on top of the music, what makes something Dungeon Synth? It's so. First of all, I I, I want to say, obviously, it's like this this very <clears throat> wide, echoey sort of synth sound, and I think it takes a lot of inspiration from like <laughs> like um, metal, but like black metal, like European sort of black metal. Yeah, and it's like chord progressions and or, you know whatever, um, because you can listen to that and then listen to like some you know two thousands shit like Swedish metal band and they they sound kind of the same. Um, so I think that's kind of what defines it, that, that, that wide-sweeping synth combined with that sound. Okay. Or that, that, that sort of uh, progression, yeah. Um, it's interesting. And is, is apparently it, it went nowhere. Oh, well, that's unfortunate. But is it something that you can pretty actively engage with, or is it more of a background type of thing? Uh, it, depends on, it depends on who you listen to, I guess. Some of it is pretty backgroundy, but... I mean, it, it it does sound vaguely like video game music. I'm not gonna lie. Um, would you say it's uh, chip tune adjacent? Definitely not. No, that's no. good. It's <laughs> not chip tune. No, I mean, like, like you know, it is interesting. Obviously, depending on who you listen to, it's interesting to listen to. I will say that. But you know, it it, it does it does sound like like if someone walked in on you listening to it, they'd be like, oh, what the what Demon Souls is that from? You know. I I buy that. Do you think it's yeah. um, Dale Tune adjacent? Oh, the what? Dale Tune adjacent? Dale Tune? Yeah. Oh God, <laughs> damn it! <laughs> <laughs> I I loop back around and I'm like, what about Chip? Oh, <laughs> oh boy. Do you ever feel um, like a mother bird sometimes? Like like I spit food into my baby's mouth. Well, more like you you have a joke and you just push it out of the nest onto the world and then it's its own business <laughs> and then abandon it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean that's that's what you just did with the the devil's hands. That's right. <laughs> I I um, accept no responsibility for this beyond creating it. I'm done and I'll see you. So uh, like, mm. never mind. I'm not gonna. No, go ahead. I'm not gonna go there. Go ahead. No, I'm not gonna do. It. I'm not. We're not. Push we're it not out gonna, the nest. Our our uh, our deal with Ben Shapiro isn't signed yet. So that's uh, true. I know. Um, our readier fans. If there's one thing that fans of Star Trek and um, mild mannered racism really approve of, it's Ben Shapiro. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I don't think even racists like Ben Shapiro. Does anybody like Ben Shapiro? Unfortunately, it seems like they do. Now, I think that mm, if I had to uh, choose one quality that 
scales proportionately with one's like of Ben Shapiro, mm. it would be how smart you consider yourself. <laughs> That's not a bad bad idea. Right. Which is, of course, a separate characteristic from how smart you are. Um, right. But, but right. You're, that self-image. Uh, yeah. Um, I know a guy who... He's, he's a guy. I know a guy who <laughs> considers himself very smart because he's able to recite um, old Roman history facts. Oh, God. Right. And I, I've... This is something I've long noticed, but never really put into words until meeting this guy. And it's that rote and memorization is considered a substitute for intelligence in a lot of people. Yeah, I mean, it's that's kind of hammered into you at school, too. Right, you know? right. And um, just to say, oh, yeah, I went and I know these facts about, in this case, history. Wow, you must be right. really smart. And um, But, but... If if you take that and apply to uh, apply it to like fiction, then it's considered a replacement for a personality too. Like if you can recite who like Greedo's grandfather was. That's right. You know what I mean? Yes. So yeah, there's there's a lot wrong with with rote memorization. I agree. Yeah, it's um it's a almost pointless endeavor. Mm -hmm. Because I mean, obviously, there's things that you need to like like language you need to to memorize like that and. Yeah, um, but math mathematical equations, maybe stuff like that. I I, th I think there's a difference between learning something and memorizing it. Um, not just with language, but certainly with language, but also in terms of history and stuff. Do you have? Do you know these things about history because you have an understanding of that time period? You're right. Yeah, and yeah. you can kind of. Um, Logic, analyze, it. analyze it logically piece together the timeline based on what you know or are you just picking out um sparse unrelated facts and memorizing them because that's also like they say that the point of studying history is to be able to apply it to the modern day you know right um so can you do that you know how how critically are you thinking are you thinking at all right right and so um you know, my thought is, if you're going to wrote memorize anything, it might as well just be Shakespeare. You know what I mean? Right. Because then you could... Because uh, at least then people will kind of like you. They'll be like, oh, he's kind of he's kind of cultured, you know? It's also entertaining. It's, yeah, it's, it's, yeah, that's it. It's entertaining. Whereas... The, you, can, you can go out to the bars and be like... Yeah, here's my soliloquy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Shakespeare. <laughs> Desperately clinging on to, to some kind of fucking Shakespeare in my brain here. <laughs> oh, I, I, um, that part of my brain died long ago. <laughs> I think it was the left half. It's just dead. It's just gone. It's gone. That explains the quality of this podcast. Hell yeah. All I have left in my brain is room for, um, baseball statistics. <laughs> now did you memorize those or <laughs> did you learn them <laughs> i actually predicted them and my predictions <laughs> fell in line with reality you retroactively predicted them yeah can you tell me the um the difference of um fip and w fip uh fip and w fip fip and w fip you know I can't. Okay, do you know what war stands for?
I don't, I don't, what is that good for? Not much, but war is actually good for a lot of things. I don't know why I said that, but it's, um, it's a baseball statistic, but it's something you can apply in basically any area of life. I, okay. I just want to, I just want to say, I think we've been through this like three times and I never remember it. Then that's, that's a good reason to go through it again. Um, <laughs> In fact, I think we've been through it on this podcast before. Well, <laughs> but go ahead. So, war stands for wins above replacement. Yep. And what that means is how much better than the average is, in this case, a player. But if you apply it to other things, well, how much better is it than the average case? Because um, if you... Okay, can I ask you what, what Yogi Bear's war rating would be? Um. Well, is he with Boo Boo or not? Sans boo-boo. Sans boo-boo? Jesus. I think he would actually have a negative war rating. He would gain you more losses than the average bear. <laughs> Smarter than the average bear, not better than the average player. A cursed existence, if there ever was one. <laughs> anyway, please continue. Um, but thinking about things in life in their war value, like how much better is this than my average choice is a pretty good way to um, navigate the twists and turns of this uh, weird thing we call life. Can you can you give the ensigns a concrete example? No. Oh, okay. I, uh, that sounds that sounds convincing. Yeah. But um, never watch the film Moneyball. Just, I did already. I'm sorry. Oh, it's so bad. I was listening to a podcast, which I never recommend anybody do. But I was listening to a podcast, and this guy, the host, was like, Oh yeah, The Big Short and Moneyball, my two favorite movies. And I hit pause on the podcast and just put my head in my hands. Like, do I continue this? What am I doing? Like, this is the person I'm getting information from? What was your problem with Moneyball again? It was just, as a film, uh, poorly constructed. Um, I think it had... Too much of a focus on the schmaltzy, prototypical sports story of, like, oh, the big game and, you know, things <laughs> like that. Um, I don't think it, for a, for its content, I don't think it paid enough tribute to the, I don't know, boring minutia of baseball statistics, which would have been nice. <laughs> and You're just autistic. Well, I mean... Putting that aside, let's say that, okay, we have to make a movie that people want to see that has to make its money back. We can't just have statistics for 90 minutes. Fine. But you, that doesn't mean you have to sink to the most rote um, sports film cliches. Which, yeah, no, I, I, I get what you mean. Yeah. yeah. And at that point, it the, definitely did do that. the movie just had nothing going for it because I could watch Airbud and get the same experience. You know, when I, when I saw the title of that movie on the... Uh like the 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 billboard for the movie theater you know drive it down the road uh -huh. um i initially thought that it was an adaptation of monkey ball i can see why you would think that. and we, we were getting a monkey ball movie and i was really excited it's like what how are they gonna do a monkey ball movie and then i i went home and looked it up and realized that it's uh it's it was money ball and it was about baseball and i didn't care but one of my ex-girlfriends made me watch it was she a big baseball statistics buff? Not statistics. Ah. In fact, actually, nothing about baseball. You know, you know how women kind of like pretend to like things. Yes. 
Like, just in the most superficial way, that was it. That's me with Star Trek, to be fair. <laughs> okay, no, you can't You can't really say that. You've seen too much of it. I, saying I've seen too much Star Trek is perhaps <laughs> the most um, accurate statement you've ever offered on this show. The most readier thing you could possibly say. Yeah. I did like the big short, though. I haven't seen it, but based on that that guy saying that Moneyball and The Big Short were his favorite movies, I have very low expectations. No, I don't know. I, I like that guy's movies. So is that the same director? No, I don't. I, I don't know about Moneyball, but uh, I don't think so. Who, who directed The Big Short? Martin Short. <laughs> yeah, that's why he calls it The Big Short. <laughs> Adam McKay. Okay, let's see what else he's done. He he did the movie about Dick Cheney and and the one where where uh, Leo is making that soy face. Oh, don't look up. Yeah, I wanted to see. Which I haven't seen. I wanted to see the Dick Cheney film. Um, I actually enjoyed it. I know there's a lot of people who don't, but I'm very interested in the performance. It's Christian Bale. Performance right? is great. Yes, it, oh my god, it's incredible. I I don't know. I kind of have a thing for uh, U.S. Dick. presidential biopics. I, he's the vice president, but you know whatever. Yeah, 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 and 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 it's it, like it actually makes him sympathetic, which I don't think it was trying to do. I mean, I, I don't know. I feel like that makes it a better story than uh, sure, yeah. Just oh man, you know this guy everybody hates. Oh man, he's right. terrible. It's like I yeah, I know, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, at least give me yeah, something to think that, that about. That was that was both of those were movies that I watched on the plane, much like most movies. The, the, Which means in the past two years, I haven't watched any movies. The apex, the apex uh, movie watching experience is having the <laughs> the pressurized cabin noises in your ear the entire time. <laughs> that's you get the one screen that's like dimly lit. Yep, that's how I watched um, three billboards. Um, yeah, same, same. Yeah. And of, of course, they only had the censored version, so I'm watching the censored version of it. I, this sound is in my ears for the entire two hours, and uh, I loved it. It was great. <laughs> Never fly Jal, because for some reason they only show censored movies. Why? They're I, a Japanese airline. Who cares? I was on United. They also only had censored. Oh, really? Yeah. What the fuck? Air Canada never does that. I'll have to fly Canada next time, just so I can so, hear people yeah, say... I, fucking shit on the movie. say the n-word yeah. listen no i only fly i gen genuinely i almost exclusively fly air canada because i'd rather watch uncensored films than eat good food yeah i don't think you're really ever gonna get good food just well i think jail has decent and plus you get um don't they give you noodles too no that no they give you uh uh skia yeah or whatever yeah or, or yoshinoya yeah that's true uh, after so yeah come on after my one experience flying first class, I just, I'm just ruined. It's all ruined for me, like doing anything well, else. He, he flies first class, everyone. I did it once. It was perhaps the best experience of, of my life. Um, you could kind of look back and be like, ha. I, I got on that plane. They served me rum and cokes perpetually for the 14 hours. I You get drinks faster, right? Yeah, you get drinks faster. And I, um, I drafted Magic the Gathering for the fourteen ah. hours, and I that sounds I, amazing. It was. I arrived sleep deprived and delirious, and uh, <laughs> it was great. I, I'll, I'll remember. Was, was that coming or going? Um, it w 
my my quick wits failed me. I just giggled at at coming, but that that was that was coming. <laughs> okay. Yes, but I, I I'm gonna make a hot take here, but. If you have ever the chance, I recommend flying first class. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm waiting for that uh, that opportunity to this day. I'm waiting for the world to change. <laughs> <laughs> Not even funny. <laughs> Not even funny. <laughs> so I'm on the Adam McKay Wikipedia article. Do you know mm-hmm. that they made an Anchorman two? Oh, I think I did somewhere in like the recesses of my mind, and I just kind of blocked it out. So, I have something potentially hilarious for you here. Okay. So, you click on the page, it's called Anchorman 2 The Legend Continues. And Wikipedia says, Anchorman 2 The Legend Continues is a 2013 American satirical comedy film in the sequel to the 2004 film Anchorman. After the word satirical... They have citation needed in brackets, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> which is one of those Wikipedia vandalism feats that is in line with their rules, I suppose. So I, I thought that's pretty funny. You, you no, know, you know, it's definitely if you go into like the discussions, there's definitely some autistic guy who's like, "Well, is it though?" <laughs> All right, I have um another thing to go on here do you know david ketchner keckner i might you might know him as the least funny person to ever be in a movie okay um he's the uh he always plays you know intentionally obnoxious characters he's bald um he was on the office he let me look him up good luck spelling the name keckner and it's not spelled how you want it to be. Oh, this guy. Very not funny. I don't think I've ever enjoyed a performance of his. No. No, never. This fucking never. Anchorman the, 2 reminded me he exists. I'm trying to figure out what he was in that I saw him in before The Office and before Anchorman. Well, here's his filmography. Yeah, I'm looking at it. Well, he was in Austin Powers. Life Without Dick? Isn't this your autobiography? <laughs> oh, he was in Teletubbies. That's it. <laughs> what? <laughs> um, oh, he was on Curb. He was on The Norm Show. Which The Norm Show? The Norm Show, 2000. Oh, not um, A Minute with Stan Cooper? The what? You ever see A Minute with Stan Cooper? I don't think so. Wait, I might be thinking of hanging with Mr. Cooper. Which is a different show. Is this uh, a Norm a, thing? A Minute with Stan Hooper. Yes, this is a Norm thing. Norm plays the yeah, titular I, I, Stan Hooper. Ah, uh, I get all this stuff mixed up. Norm apparently so had a... two sitcoms. Yeah, he did. Neither of which were good, which is weird. Well, you know what it was. It was probably these fucking studio guys going in and being like, oh, it's not really funny. Now, could it also be that Norm is just a terrible actor? Because he, because he was. <laughs> well, yeah, he's a he's a bad. But that's that's ch- like Jerry Seinfeld's a terrible actor. It's kind of charming. No, I agree. It's, it's, you're right. As long as everyone else is on point. Yeah, I don't think anyone else in these shows was able to carry that weight. But Seinfeld certainly <laughs> surrounded himself with with great comedic actors. This guy was in 
four episodes of, and I forgot about this, four episodes of the, the third season of Twin Peaks. Oh, what? Yeah. Did he play a, uh, you know, obnoxious comedic relief character? I'm pretty sure, yeah. He was, he was like a, he was a cop or a detective or something. And you know exactly how that goes. Yeah. I don't think this guy has ever played a role where he didn't wear a suit. <laughs> this is all, that's just his skin. Oh my god. The naked trucker in T-Bone show. What? The what and the what? It, it was this garbage, garbage sketch show on Comedy Central for like one season. And uh, he made this. Do you ever feel ashamed that you remember that? No, I'm reading his Wikipedia article. Oh, okay. <laughs> Why the fuck would I remember that? I don't know. As, as if the recesses of our mind don't contain some amount of forbidden knowledge. <laughs> the Naked Trucker and T-Bone Show. Jesus Christ. This guy has built a career out of nothingness. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well. Oh, well. But he wasn't on Trek. He was not, much to our chagrin. Right, right. He could have played a silly, bumbling alien. <laughs> the, one, have, um, the one thing that Trek needed more of. Could have gone to Weeblix's bar or whatever. <laughs> Kleenex. <laughs> what is his name? His name was Neelix, and he had a, a restaurant, not a bar. <laughs> Guinan had the bar. Right. I'm oh, okay. Oh, hold on, We're, yeah, I have okay. to talk about fucking Voyager here. Okay. So at least I mean it's Trek content. So yeah. I mean it, the the deeper I get, the more that I accept that Voyager is the worst thing ever. Mm -hmm. And it's, it, I mean it's fucking terrible. I watched this episode recently, which was described to me as the worst episode of Trek ever. And um. It wasn't, but it was it was the stupidest. So what happens is that one character achieves warp 10, or he breaks warp 10, which is described <laughs> as having infinite velocity. What? <laughs> and what that means, apparently, is the ability to be everywhere all at once. Um, in every spot. Oh, like, the, like that movie. Right, right. And, um... They're like, oh my god, if we can be everywhere, we can go home, and we can end this series before... That's not how velocity works, does it? I mean, I'm no Stephen Hawkeye, but I I think that they are incorrect about this. But okay. If you're, if you're thinking, oh, that's why this episode is so stupid, well, no, hold on. So, <laughs> Tom Paris, having returned from his test flight um, of infinite velocity, soon starts to change into a salamander monster man um and he kidnaps janeway and takes her through warp 10 so she too becomes a salamander monster man and oh then the voyager crew tracks them down and um they find on the planet where they track them to two large salamanders no longer men or monster men just salamanders Mm -hmm. And um, they're like, oh, this is the captain and Tom Paris. Let's uh, go fix them. And then a bunch of mini salamanders pop out of a nearby uh, hole. They, they, mm -hmm. The two procreated. 
and oh, the mini salamanders <laughs> just like scurry away <laughs> and they take the the crew members back to the ship and it, just in the next scene they're back to being humans and um <laughs> they 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 they're talking to the doctor and the doctor says well i've analyzed their dna and it turns out that this is actually the next stage of human evolution uh tom paris going what? into infinite velocity uh, velocity must have made him evolve faster and um it's like that is just not how evolution works what the f- at all well not only that but they devolved well yeah it's like apparently the evolution is a is a devolution a simpler life form capable of less <laughs> and uh god god is it dumb wow that that is beyond what i thought could ever happen in jesus even new star trek is better than that and at the end there's like this awkward conversation between tom paris and janeway where he's like oh i'm I'm sorry that I we became lizards and I fucked you and we made lizard babies. <laughs> and Janeway says, "Well, how do you, sometimes it's the female of the species that initiates things." And it's like you guys have children, just off in space, <laughs> just like hundreds of children. Right? <laughs> you can't just joke about this. You don't give a damn. Do you think she? Do you think she remembered what his 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 little gecko dick felt like? Who knows? I don't think that's covered in the in the episode, but that's a good question to ask at a <laughs> at a convention. <laughs> Maybe it's a detail in a book, like there's an explicit chapter in like some some anthology so about I, how it felt to I, get dicked down. I went and I looked up the Wikipedia article for this, and mm. apparently the salamander Tom Paris was made into an action figure that came with his three uh, offspring as little. Uh, you know, add-ons. Oh my god. <laughs> I need to look this up. So, also on that Wikipedia page, apparently somebody adapted the story of this episode into a, a bi- human biological science uh, paper mm-hmm. and submitted it to several open-source scientific journals that purport to offer peer review and um, publishing and such. And, oh, no. And I think he submitted it to 10 or 12. Four of them accepted it, and one of them published it. That's unreal. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously, he was trying to you know, expose these, these frauds, and uh, frauds they were. Frauds they were. So that's what I've been dealing with recently. That's what I've been having. Oh, I'm sorry. Like, it's, I don't know if I'm going to be able to finish Voyager. Um, watching uh, TNG, watching Deep Space Nine, there are, of course, bad episodes, but never have I been so hopeless that the next episode would also be just terrible, you know? Yeah, and you know, they, they say Enterprise isn't very good either, so... Yes. Yes, they do. So it looks like you are going to start watching The Orville. That's what that's got Norm on it. It does have Norm on it, and actually, he's still in this season because they recorded all his lines before he died. Right? They uh, used the medium. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's the. Uh... I don't even know where I'm going with this. I guess we should 
maybe do question of the week. Can I um say my favorite Norm joke before we before we go? Yeah, sure. Um, I'm not gonna say it so much as just describe it because it's uh, very context dependent. But mm-hmm. he's on his show, his um, you know, one of his talk shows where he has guests, and they're just kind of going rapidly through jokes. He says, "Oh, um, the the keyboard player of the Doors died recently," and then just it cuts himself off. He's like, "The curse of the Doors," and <laughs> very very funny. How um, I was going to describe the punchline now, because <laughs> you know people love to see patterns and things. And it's like, of course, everyone that was ever in a band is going to die at some point, no matter how right, sure. temporally disconnected their deaths are. Right. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's funny. Yeah, I I love that yeah. joke. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. So this week's question of the week comes from somebody named uh, Rob Charlie, um, who says, Hey, Admirals, I'm a big fan of everything that you guys are doing here in your readier room. And I just want to point out before I continue with this question, it's nice of him to recognize that it's our readier room that we're letting others have access right. to. Right, right. It's 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 a privilege. Right, right. right. Not a right. That's this is true. Nor is it a right, R-I-T-E, like a religious um, act. But no, no. No, but Rob says um, a hot topic that's been on the uh, in the cultural zeitgeist recently. Uh, he says, "Admirals, what is a woman?" Thank you for letting me into your ready room once again, Rob. Ooh, what do you what do you think? What what is a what, what is a what is a woman? What is a woman? So if I had to, my knowledge on the subject. Is to the extent of of Newman. Right with that Newman. small O. Right, like N E W small O man. N E W small O man. Right. You know what? The store. Oh, oh, oh God, no. <laughs> that is as much as okay. I know on the subject. And to me. That would seem to imply that a woman is but a new man. It's a new man. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Now, when I when I brought this conjecture to the internet, everybody just kept quoting me and writing N-U-M-A-N without mm-hmm. really offering anything else to the conversation. Sure, sure. So, I don't know. But that's that's my theory. Okay. Okay. So, so what? Is it some kind of... Is it some kind of... Uh... Like transfiguration. Oh my god! Like a transmogrification. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's interesting. Polymorph. Anamorph, even. Mm, polyjuice. So, <laughs> it's there's a lot of um, mysticism, I think, behind this uh, concept of woman. Yeah, I mean, I think I think everyone or. Uh, most people just you know they they want like a concrete definition right right just just you know so we're all we're all starting from the same point right so right but um i i would say mm-hmm. that a woman is anyone who identifies as a woman okay now where does the concrete come into this concrete well i mean 
I I know that it's considered poor form to encase a woman in concrete. It is it is a bit of a social faux pas, right? So I don't want to, um, you know, bury the lead here. Is that also being buried in concrete? Yes, which makes it very difficult to get to. So, so the woman and the lead are both both in concrete. Right. You right. blundered both of them. Right. I can't believe I've blundered my lead. Um, <laughs> but I can believe I've blundered my... Oh, no, my horsey. <laughs> it's a difficult question to to answer. What is a woman? It's very similar to the other age-old proverb uh, riddle, name a woman, which is equally difficult to wrap one's head around. Or, you know, it's also very similar to the, the age-old um, Castlevania quote, what is a man? Right, right. You right. know, if a man's a, a miserable pile of secrets, then a woman is a miserable pile of... I was just going to say miserable. <laughs> Well, that's usually the case. You know, I, that's that's what defines the human condition, really. Man, woman, we're all just miserable. You know, rates of BPD are skyrocketing. Yeah? Yeah. Is that, is that like Pokemon Diamond? What are you talking about? Brilliant Pearl Diamond? <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> Real good. That's a great one. <laughs> All right, out of the nest you go. You know, <laughs> there's some people who say we shouldn't have given women the vote. Yeah? Mm-hmm, they say that. You know, these aren't the suffragettes that I've heard about. Are you a they, suffragette? They, I'm not a suffragette. I, I haven't suffered very much. I see, I see. Now, those suffragettes, they, they suffered a lot. Yes. And they will continue to suffer if I have my way. Now, I think the, the proper gender-neutral term today would be suffrager. I believe it's suffrager. Suffrager? <laughs> now, I don't know um, how well-versed you are, how well-studied your, your Bowie is. Oh, not very studied. But but he did um, write tale about a city of suffragettes. A bit of a wham bam, thank you, man. Uh huh. Yeah. Moving yeah, on. Yeah, that's that's over my head. That's over my head. I'm sorry. That's okay. That's only... I've only ever really the only thing I've ever done with Bowie is kind of jack off to him. I mean, yeah, we've all been there. Yeah. Jacking off to Bowie is a. Um... A, it's a rite of passage. It's a confused uh, adolescent rite of passage, yes. It, it certainly is. <laughs> now, do you think this is a rite of passage, like like a religious rite, or a rite, not a privilege? You, you, have, you, have right, you have right to pass through it. Like, right away? Yeah. Okay. Like when you roll to you, a like... four-way stop? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. In, you, in this case, you're 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 allowed to jack off. How do you feel about roundabouts? <clears throat> oh, now we're getting into city infrastructure. <laughs> yeah, here we are. That's that's that's, that's how far we've fallen, huh? 
Well, here's the <laughs> thing. I know that a lot of people don't... They they roll up to a roundabout, and then they, they just black out. They lose all presence oh, of mind. They, yeah. No, they, they like, they, 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 they have they a seizure. They wake down just... the road. Yeah. <laughs> it's, they're stupid. Like, people just don't know. I mean, no, the, the roundabouts themselves aren't stupid. The people are, obviously. Yeah. I, I quite like roundabouts. I think they're, yeah. se- they're sensible. But yeah. you can't go, tw- like, you, you can sit out, like, set up a lawn chair in front of a roundabout. You can't go 10 minutes without somebody stopping inside the damn thing. Oh, even even less than ten. I swear to God, it's it's like every couple minutes. It's ridiculous. They just have no idea. It's it's like and and th- these are people that like live near the roundabouts. It's like they've never seen one before. I remember living in a place that had a freshly constructed roundabout. And oh no! If it wasn't in the middle of a um of a suburban street, like a like a development, very low speed limit. You would yeah. be taking your life into your own hands by willingly going into that thing. That, that's how I feel in roundabouts here. I mean, they, there's a ton of traffic, and it's like, you know, people will treat roundabouts like they have, like, three lanes or something. and Start just, going like, the kinda... other way. Right, yeah. Pretty... <laughs> I actually have heard stories about that. Ridiculous. My... And, and, like, and, like, many people doing that. My dream, my... my... My beautiful, dark, twisted fantasy was always to, um, you know, if I'm driving home from the convenience store at one in the morning or something, just to hit the roundabout going the other way, you know, <laughs> real mischief. And yeah, uh, yeah, I could never troublemaker. Never had the 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 stones to put it all together. Really, the cajones, right? The cajones. <laughs> Do you think China has roundabouts? Because uh, I feel like that would be like prime. Uh, you know, CCTV camera material. Like, if you just install a roundabout in a Chinese city overnight mm. and watch them try to deal with it, I, I think like, there'd just be explosions everywhere. They have something similar to roundabouts, but it's a square, like the very bright <laughs> ninety degree angles. <laughs> they call them squareabouts. <laughs> oh, so squareabouts is that? <laughs> yeah so um to answer your question rob a uh, a woman is somebody who cannot properly interface with a roundabout mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, i'm glad, glad we got to the bottom of that Oof. <laughs> that, that that took a while but really it was worth it in the end right and you're you denouncing our city infrastructure discussion as if it wasn't pertinent just you're right you're right you know sometimes sometimes i just can't see your guiding hand right my you hand know? gently guides the 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 flow of history really yeah yeah oh whoa 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 where is your where is your guiding hand going right now <laughs> oh baby so if you're like rob and you want us to answer your question you can email us at the radio room at gmail.com that's with a capital t and two capital r's or you can tweet at the radio room or send at the radio room a twitter direct message and if you do we'll answer your question live on our question of the week segment all right Minute 47, it is just about time to talk about TNG. All right, you know I'm going to make, make us take a break, though. You, you're you falling in with a bad crowd. <laughs> you take breaks. No, 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 no. Before, we used to get to the Trek talk way faster, so I didn't need to. Uh-huh. I mean, we're at the perfect junction for me to go get another drink, 
Uh-huh. That's all. I'm so I'm sorry I make you clip like three seconds. <laughs> oh, three seconds. Little little does the audience know. One of the breaks on our last episode was an hour and fifteen minutes long. Yeah, but we don't keep recording for that. Don't we? Do we? Don't we? We do. Uh, I keep the recording well, running, and then I edit out the part where you're gone. Just in case something interesting happens. Right. You gotta be... Well, also, like, let's say someone breaks in and murders me. I want the evidence on tape. <laughs> well, I guess I'll, I'll have to take that into account next time I plan to murder you. Right. <laughs> you know, that bi-weekly occurrence. Oh, no. Are we on the ready room? <laughs> <laughs> Your Honor, I have evidence to submit to the court. This this five-hour episode of the Readier Room that I need the jury to listen to. In full. <laughs> For some oh reason, the defendant continued to finish out the episode after the murder had occurred. <laughs> <laughs> They're calling it the Deadier Room. <laughs> That's like a um, uh, a, a special interest story on the news of like kids huffing paint inside of a inside of a broom <laughs> closet. They call it the deadier room. <laughs> and the kids just can't stay away. Find out how to talk to your kids about the deadier room at eleven. <laughs> Now the tragedy is that no one stays up that late. The true tragedy. Modern Shakespeare. All those dead kids. <laughs> Alright, well I, I I will be right back. Alright. We can continue. Alright. We'll be back. And we're back. Sadly. Time to yep. go. We we almost we almost considered not um, talking about Star Trek today, but unfortunately, that's what we get paid for. Would have been a good episode to skip. It would have been, actually. Yeah. But, uh, we watched it, and, you know, in for a penny. In for a kilo. That's right. That's what they say. Now, here's, so a, here's, here's, episode, a, here's a question. Oh, oh God. Alright. In for a penny, in for a pound. Is that pound the weight measurements or the, uh, the currency? Ooh, right. Oh my god. Yes, I'm not sure. I don't think. Or 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 is, or is it like someone beating you up? <laughs> or a kind of cake. <laughs> well, let's let's let, you know what. Let's look it up. Let's let's look up the. They... <laughs> let's let's type in etymology and struggle not to type in entomology. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's yeah. It is. It is. It is the uh, the currency. Ah, the original meaning was an admonition against debt, where it meant that if one owed just one penny, he might as well owe a whole pound. I'm not really sure how that works. But... I guess the same. To be honest, I'm not well versed in anything but uh, i i guess that that currency system used both pennies and pounds 
Mm-hmm. They they also had hay, they they had hay pennies as well. What's a hay penny? A hay penny. It's 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 a half a cent. Ah, is that like a henway? A what? A henway. What's that? What's what's is that like, a, is, that, is that like an up dog? <laughs> Wait, up what's 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 up what's up dog? Oh, oh what's a henway? <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> About three or four pounds. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you, actually the United States had half cents as well. I didn't know that. That's like, you know, two dollar bill level of cursed currency. <laughs> well, back then a half cent got you like a a bushel of hay. Yeah. <laughs> What are you gonna do? What does what what one do with a bushel of hay? Feed it to one's horse. Feed it to your cow. Um, yeah. Now that cow is the real golden goose. It gives you both uh, milk and meat, but not yeah, milk and honey. <laughs> the cow of milk and honey. <laughs> I've been watching a lot of beekeeping videos recently. You know, <laughs> I I kind of went the other way on that one because I've been watching a lot of. Hornet nest removal videos recently. <laughs> oh wow! Wow. So what have you? Yeah, yeah. What have you learned? Synchronicity. <laughs> what have you learned about beekeeping? Well, I've learned that bees are actually very docile if you let them be. Mm-hmm. If you let them be. <laughs> Nothing special, really. I just watching watching guys like relocate beehives and stuff. It's, it's kind of comforting. So, I was being serious, by the way. The hornet nest removal videos are also that sounds terrifying. They're because the people doing it are professionals. It's they they do it without much tension at all. Okay. They like you know they remove the um. I don't know if it's inside a wall. They remove the paneling. It's like, oh, here's the nest. Bring in the camera really close. You can see these layers here, and I'm going to pull this back and look at all these fucking hornets and time to bring Ugh. in the smoke machine. And, you know, they know exactly what they're doing. It's not um, ever in question. So it, it's it's an easy watch. How much do those guys make, you think? What? Like, how many hornets do they make? <laughs> what are they, birthing hornets? <laughs> god i wish um actually so one guy that i watch he takes the nests home and kind of builds a hornet colony and um he'll put different nests in the same area and have them duke it out that's hilarious yeah (laughs) so he just he just has hornet fights right it's more that's amazing it's more of like a game of civilization because they they build up their nests and then inevitably there's conflict (laughs) it is is like civilization (laughs) oh my god you can just sit there get out a lawn chair crack open a beer and watch him watch him go it's a it's a very niche hobby bees hornets yeah insects entomology right etymology too <laughs> yeah I, I don't know i mean bees bees seem pretty normal i you know they make honey is that a normal thing to own bees no making honey 
to make honey? Well, no. Only bees can do it. That's why they're so special. Apparently cows, too, if uh, you from two minutes ago is to be believed. <laughs> That's a different kind of honey. hey yo. You know what I mean. Uh, not, not particularly, but yes. Um, so anyway, uh, Transfigurations. Transfigurations, I, yeah. I almost um, read the title of my notes. Um, oh, no. <laughs> The, uh, directed by, by Tom Benko, the great Tom Benko. I think this is his first directing role. Mm. He was uh, an editor on God, like pretty much every episode before this. And um, this was... is the second episode written by Renee, who did um, The Offspring. I, I don't know I don't know how to pronounce Echevarria. Uh -huh. Never talked to this person in my life. so. But uh, they, they did The Offspring. Which one was that? Not don't don't say. No, I but um, I know it was the TNG episode, but which one was it? Data's uh Data's oh, child. Lol. Right. Lol. 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 Yeah. So we, we really have an all star team here. Mm. Um Well, I guess according to you we do, because you liked that episode. What I you liked think? I liked the offspring. Yeah. I I don't think that's a controversial opinion. No, sure. Um, really didn't like this episode <laughs> at all. I found this to Let's be unpack this. one of the one of the most the one of the most boringest episodes <laughs> in quite some yeah. time. Yeah. Um, you kind of centered this episode around a guy that is, uh, for plot reasons, devoid of personality, and. And in 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 his acting as well, completely devoid of personality. This this is true, and there's the mystery of the episode, and there is one, but it's not particularly interesting. No, and you know, I mean, this is like a Trek staple at this point. When when they pick up a guy who's crash landed, he's a fugitive. Right. Yes. It's it's never just. Um... Oh my! My family's looking for me, and oh, I, we found your family. Right, 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 right. <laughs> um, he, has, he has an entire planet looking to kill him, which is where it finally arrives that this guy is a new stage of evolution for this species, and they're fearful of that and the ramifications it might have for their society. Like that's not bad. Um, sure, you can. Imagine. No, yeah, that actually is cool. And you know what? If they spent more time on that. Right. Instead of dicking around the Enterprise and having this guy glow around the fucking just keeps entire glowing. ship. Yeah, he's a yeah. glowy. Well, you know, originally, yeah, he was he was he was actually going to be written as as being part of his respective planet's sort of CIA type right organization. Unfortunately, that idea didn't pan out. But it did not pan out. It just wasn't enough time. We were already pressed enough. Mm. Uh, yeah, this episode is, uh, it's, it's, it's almost offensive in how inoffensive it is. It's, uh, it feels frivolous. Yeah. Well, it, it's annoying, too, because it opens up like, okay, we're on a mission to chart some unexplored region of space. So, so you, you start the episode thinking, okay, it's going to be a low-key kind of exploration type thing. Uh, which is all right, you know, we haven't had one of those in a while. Mm. And then we, we just, we're treated to... Just half the episode, probably more, devoted to Mark just not acting. Yeah, and not given an opportunity to act with this script. 
I suppose, yeah. I, I don't. I, I just don't put too much of the blame on him because the problems of the episode. I guess, yeah. Are, it's like, what, what can you do with it? Right. Yeah, you're right. They're deeper than the performance. We, not that the performance was good, but they're deeper than that. Yeah. Um, the episode opens uh, amusingly, I would say. I like this Warp Geordie scene. Yeah, yeah. It's got um, one of my favorite lines in the entire series. Uh, it's got two, actually. Well, actually, no, one of them comes later, but uh, Worf says to Jordy, I have much to teach you about women, which is... <laughs> yes, yes, I wrote that down, too. Very, very funny line. I used a sample of that in a in a track one time. And, oh, uh, did you? I did. There was... I, I made this one song where the theme of it... Theme. The idea was uh, taking these samples of Data and Worf as if they were having some kind of romantic encounter. I mean, I must have listened to this at some point, but I don't remember it. It was maybe like a year and a half ago. You'll have to send it to me. Yeah. But um, I because of that, I have an affinity for that line. Then there's another one later on related to Synthahol, which is also quite funny. But um, it has it no does, bearing. It does open funny. But it has no bearing on the episode at all. Yeah, not really. You know, this starts out, you think, oh, it's going to be a Geordie episode. I haven't had one of those in a while. Um, nope. I, I do I do want to note that uh, we're supposed to believe that Christy Henshaw is, is into him now. Yeah, that's weird. I don't know why anybody would be in the Geordie at all. Well, because, I mean, this is particularly egregious because she's the one who rejected him on the holodeck. Yeah, I thought that was the same actress. Yeah. Yeah. What is What is this? Maybe she's just playing hard to get. Maybe she is. Maybe she realized. Maybe she realized. Oh, uh, the chief engineer on the most important ship in the entire fleet. Hmm. Maybe I should get with this guy. She's doing some angling. Maybe she got. Maybe she got over her racism. <laughs> maybe one day I can learn that power. <laughs> I, I like. I like Worf's line. It is the scent that first speaks of love. Worf's, uh, as established, quite the romantic. He is, he is. I like that about him. Yeah. Worf is, um... I, I would say an underutilized character. Yeah. Yeah. Certainly. But it makes it all, all the better when he is utilized. Yes. I'm and... just sitting here thinking... To... Next week is, is a good episode. I cannot wait. I'm just sitting here thinking about that. <laughs> so um, I, I actually I might as well have this discussion on the air because I don't want to talk about this episode. Um, do you want to do uh, both parts of the following? No, episode? no. I was, I was thinking that, but no, we, we need to milk. Uh, we, the less effort we can put into the show, the better. We need to milk both episodes okay. as much as we can. <laughs> prolong getting to a uh, another bad episode yeah and plus i think there's enough to talk about between the two so all right and i think we're good right. and and it's you know between seasons it's weird i i know you want to do a new intro and stuff i do like the the new intros um, yeah i i got one prospective one ready to go and i got another in the oven um like much like my buns <laughs> one prospective bun ready to go yes um yeah so that what they get a distress call and yes and uh, we're treated to some of the most grotesque 
Yeah. Makeup, actually, I've ever seen on TV. His face Which I, is I was like, shocked they were able to air that. He's scrubbed off. It, you can see his teeth through his cheek. His, yeah, his brain. Yeah. Actually, extremely good makeup. Yes, it is. And I don't know who did that, but it was incredible. All of the visuals uh, of, that, look at. of that scene are quite good. I really like the set, yeah. the, the painting in the background. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. Very. It's almost a shame that... <laughs> stuck in this episode very clear progression from like seasons one and two where the backdrop is just a a, a dimly lit like screen a, a shitty gradient yes <laughs> and so this yeah it, this put into perspective for me how rarely voyager ever goes to a planet like so much of that show is just on the fucking ship or in a shuttle wow really and it's that just... must have been like a budget thing it must have been, but it's so boring visually. Like even yeah. Deep Space Nine. Deep Space Nine itself had a lot of buried locales, but they still took it to Bajor, different planets in the the Gamma Quadrant fairly often. Right. Um, right. Voyager, and of course TNG, they go to planets all the time. But Voyager's just stuck on that fucking ship. Well, you would think for for a ship called the Voyager that it would actually voyage. Yeah. <laughs> A weird coincidence that the ship named Voyager was the one stranded in uh, <laughs> the far reaches of the galaxy. <laughs> so, all right, so we have Dr. Crusher. Um, yes, she is responsible for mending this guy. Oh, let's the stupid thing with Jordy. <laughs> so, first of all, the Crusher's solution... Okay, this guy's critically injured. He might not survive the transport. I, Jordy, I need you to put this stupid plastic square on your head and sync up your heart rate with his... Or whatever. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. She was using the tricorder for that, right? Yeah. Yeah. And and, and you know, if, if they had a proper quadcorder, they could have completely foregone that. Just... Right. It's frustrating for a number of reasons. But yeah. it's... All in service of Jordy having a um, a connect like a healing connection to this guy because this guy yeah. does something to Jordy where he restores Jordy's confidence and he healed his virginity <laughs> and nothing comes of this. Um, Jordy, well, not nothing. Yes, nothing. Well, okay, okay, not nothing, nothing for the episode, but for the character, I suppose it's it's cute to see. I liked it. Oh, I hated it. Oh, I wish it was more. I wish it had more to do with the episode. Yeah, the way it was presented initially, you know, while the... Was that it would, yeah. Well, that, but also when this this guy's identity and nature is still a mystery, I thought that um, he, Jordy, would actually suffer adverse effects from this. Uh, you sure. Know, like, it kind of sets up that arc where, oh, we see Jordy, he's, his confidence is rising, he's doing better, and it's going to spiral out of control, or it's going to... Like like he'd shoot someone. Yeah, yes. Um, and no, that doesn't happen. He just gets the gets the girl, and then that's it. There's no. And, and then and then he walks up to 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 the guy and thanks him. Yeah, and that's it. <laughs> and at some point, maybe it's Picard or someone's like Jordy. You seem more confident lately. And Jordy's like, that was yep. Riker. Riker, and he says, "Yes, I do." And that's it. <laughs> I now does does this I because I don't remember does this have any effect on episodes going forward? Is Jordy more I don't confident think so. now? 
I don't think so. Yeah, it's weird, right? It's bizarre. <laughs> what is going on? Right. There, there's no payoff for it um, insofar as the story. And it would have been nice if we spent more time on this than, than fucking John Doe. You know? Yeah. Walking around the ship or whatever. But oh, I gotta... Anyway. I have to walk after being in a coma for a month. Oh, look, I, right. can, I can walk. Despite being <laughs> right, in a right. coma for a month. It, in, very interesting TV. Yeah, I fucking hated it. Hated it. Um, yeah, yeah. They 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 get back to to medical bay, all three of them, Crusher, Jordy, and this guy, and um, there's there's a lot of there's a lot of uh techno babble. There's a lot of like press F to to stabilize Jordy's immune system type <laughs> talk. Yes. You know what I mean? Yes. Um, which, you know, I think we've complained or not complained, but observed that there's not a lot. Of episodes focused on the medical stuff, and I think this is why. Yeah, it's you certainly realize that uh, you're not missing out much. It's just much. not interesting. No, yeah, it's just a way to to like medical medical and Star Trek is just a way to get people back in the action. I like later series that introduce more ethical dilemma. To the, yeah, uh, I mean that's that's characters. always interesting, right? Yeah, um, there was a number of really good uh, Bashir episodes in Deep Space Nine. He was the Doctor. Um, yeah, and I, I like Crusher as well as a character, but they don't they rarely, if ever, um, play to anything interesting with her. They in fact they they almost, give her nothing to work with. They almost always take the ethical dilemma off of her shoulders <laughs> yeah. and it's Picard has to make this decision. Crusher is unilaterally uh, in support of, you know, whatever the, um, you know, the basic doctor opinion would be. <laughs> yeah, 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 you're right. And uh, it's, again, it always falls to Picard, which is fine, but it's not, it's not for, it's something we do every episode. Oh, Picard has to make a tough decision. All right. Right. <laughs> I mean, it's also amazing that they can't even give Crusher like a proper episode with like a love interest or whatever, right? Except like it has to be this weird dude that's like, oh, it's it's totally platonic or whatever. <laughs> She's for Picard and Picard only, but yeah, <laughs> but only when he wants her. BPC made for BPC. <laughs> yeah, no, but like, and I I couldn't tell if if we were supposed to get the the feeling that Picard was frustrated by her affection for him. I don't. I never got that sense. Because, um, because you know, sometimes I mean, not that Picard walking around looking grumpy is a new thing, but sometimes he he would have reactions this episode that made it seem like like we were supposed to be thinking that maybe I don't know. Like when he just started punching the wall every time Crusher <laughs> talked to John Doe. <laughs> <laughs> he he just sends John Doe to die. <laughs> yeah anyway whatever um so so she's she's working on this guy crusher's working on this guy with her team uh trying to regenerate his body and stuff and all that all that crap and and he's still in a coma and there's and there's no tension in this by the way it's not no not at all because we know what's gonna happen well even i don't even think the characters um <laughs> right, try, right. try to think of it as a as a tense moment it's always just all right, this is going to take time, but he's going to make it. 
because yeah, yeah. he's got self-regenerative cells or whatever. Yeah, sure. Yeah, he's got some like weird mutation or whatever. And uh, we we are we are bounced back to Jordy, Jordy, the the, the new man, Jordy. Right. Uh, not the, the new, new, not the new, not the Newman. Newman. <laughs> he is. He is a new man. He is confident. Um, he's he's at ten four with Worf and Data. Um, Which is an all star sure. squad. If I could go right. <laughs> bar hopping with anybody, it would be Data, Worf, and and I guess Jordy. I guess Jordy. <laughs> um, and and he's he's trying to figure out this like little trinket that they picked up from the shuttle, right? Yes. It's like and, a it's um, like a blue bulb. Yeah, it's it's a very uninspiring prop. And um, we, we we get the genesis really of of probably one of one of our most popular uh, lines off camera here. Yes. right. This Which is, you alluded to earlier. This is some set culture. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Worf Worf gets angry at Jordy trying to figure this thing out, and he says, "Less talk, more sit the hall." Right. Memories and. Um, this yeah after this this became a, a very common phrase um it, it was it was used by the cast and crew at um social functions usually to signal that we were about to go molest the young interns and um <laughs> <laughs> many a bar fight was started by two people calling synth hall at the same time which i think is probably the best thing that came of that quite rowdy you ever hear that um that old song a little less conversation a little more synthahol <laughs> rev up those star trek parody videos uh what's your best um star trek song parody title or concept oh, come on you can't ask me that on the spot <laughs> That's that's something I have to sit back and take like six hours out of my day to figure out. Not not um, these phasers were made for stunning. That's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> Any, anything anything data centric would just be inherently funny. <laughs> oh god. Um, weird science, but uh, same title, but it, all the lyrics are rewritten about data. <laughs> So yeah, uh, we we see Jordy, uh, you know, man up, and and he goes and talks to Christy, and uh, and uh, he she gets she gets he gets he gets access to her V, to her V, yeah, yeah, <laughs> is how I would describe that. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, Worf has another very funny line here where he turns to Data and says, I've been tutoring him. He's a very fast learner. That's <laughs> very good. <laughs> <laughs> I, I find the idea of Worf talking and Data having a conversation to be intrinsically funny. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Just. We don't get a lot of that. Not nearly enough. Definitely not. Worf and Jordy, otherwise known as Wardy. Wardy. <laughs> <laughs> Only a handful of fix have been made about that. Uh, Damn shame. Damn uh, shame. But most of them do focus on this tutelage. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> oh boy. I've been training him. <laughs> Come on, Worf. Worf uh, Worf's a harsh teacher. <laughs> uh, I, I have a friend who can do an amazing Jordy impression, which sounds crazy. Yeah, because Jordy doesn't really have the distinctiveness that you would imagine, you know, of a Worf but or a Data. Right, and that's what makes him so difficult. But like, yeah, I, I, I know a it? guy. Yeah I, yeah, I don't know how. I know a guy who can do it perfectly. It's so good. And it makes it, it's even better than like the more obvious stuff because it's so right. It's so nuanced, right? Yeah. So just just saying things is Jordy is the funniest thing ever. Anybody can put in a few awkward pauses and purport to be doing a data impression. <laughs> yeah, sure, or yeah, or you know, do the the Krypton. Yes. You know, kind yes. Of <laughs> bullshit, but uh yeah, Jordy's Jordy's a, a treat. Um yeah, so so he he takes he takes the girl who was previously not interested in him, but is now suddenly to the to the where does he take her? Um, I don't know his quarters. I don't think they go on camera. No, 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 no. Well, not on camera, but they go to like the the or arba arba whatever arboretum. I don't even know what the, is is that how you say it? Yeah, I don't even know what that like. I I I've never been in a position where I've needed to reference the arboretum. Yeah. Okay. Um. Well, now you have, and you fucking blew it. Yeah, I, I, you know what? I better just go shoot myself. <laughs> uh, all the Unsons are going to know I'm retarded. So uh, no, we jump back to Crusher. We, yeah, we, jump, we jump back to Crusher, still working on this guy. And um, we, actually, we actually get a, a little bit of a plot hole right here. Okay. Sock I don't know if you me. noticed this. Um, Crusher inexplicably knows John Doe's name before he's able to tell her. Right. right. I don't know if this right. was an issue that came about because of script rewrites or what, but in the final version, certainly a plot hole. Yeah, I, th I think they were going to ADR it in, the guys in editing, but, mm. uh, I, you know, whatever happened to that is still a mystery to me. I'm not not really sure, and I was never never really able to ask Tom. Um, on that note, though, we did get a lot of mail, and I'm sure you remember this, oh, yeah. that John Doe wasn't sci-fi enough. Oh, the name, have, the name, yeah. <laughs> you can't have a, an alien named John, and it's like... Right, right, do right. You, how stupid can you be to think that... that right. You know, <laughs> yeah, this this was... And, and for some reason, this keeps being... Like, it's even still on the Blu-rays. Um, for some reason, and I think this started with the TV guide, uh basically it's a transcription error right. right his name his name isn't really spelled john doe it's actually spelled john doe right right so unfortunately no one ever cared to correct it but it is an appropriately alien name and you heard it here first people just need to have more faith in uh those making the show yeah it's it's like they're looking for mistakes very very critical critical fan base like the YouTuber? Yes. Um, much like the YouTuber. Uh, which is to say that the fan base numbers in the in the millions. <laughs> you know, um, if Critical was a cool guy, one might describe him as Critical. As Critical. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You like that? Yeah. Yeah. You're shitting yourself. <laughs> 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 oh, 
Oh my god, do you know how entertaining this episode of Star Trek is? Um, I've been sitting here with a bottle cap, a plastic, you know, pet bottle cap in my hand, just puncturing it with a with a nail clipper. <laughs> this is more engaging intellectually to me. More intellectually <laughs> stimulating than uh thinking about the escapades of John Doe aboard the Enterprise. It's oh my god, it's so fucking boring. <laughs> So eventually John Doe gets um, his groove back and he's up and about the ship. John Doe gets his groove back. <laughs> and not, not without painfully long scenes of him going through physical therapy. Yes. I don't know if this is in service of establishing his relationship with Crusher or what. But that doesn't go anywhere either. No. So. I mean, there's Might one, as well not even a bit of thing. There's one scene of Wesley being like, oh, mom, you want to suck this guy's dick, don't you? <laughs> And she's like, Wesley, I yes. do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I want to jump his Which, bones. What, what a bizarre conversation between a, a mother and a son. Yeah, I mean, you know, Wesley is ostensibly, what, 17, 16, 18 at this point. So, you know, it's not like he's a literal child that can't comprehend his, his mom, you know, dripping at the sight of a strange alien <laughs> but um <laughs> but it's it's also it's also like he's at that age where he doesn't want to hear about that right yes that that's that would probably be the most uh rewrite the scene where crusher is um maybe unintentionally gushing about john doe and wesley gushing gushing from her mouth or <laughs> like a like a fruit gusher um, and Wesley, he's like, Mom, ugh, I don't want to hear it. Mom, no. Right, right. I'm, I'm going to yeah, go that, eat, that eat would, on the holodeck person. or whatever, whatever <laughs> it would say. I'm going to eat on the holodeck. <laughs> he sits down and he's like, I know the steak isn't real. <laughs> no, I mean, like, he takes his plate from the table and just goes to the holodeck to eat. Just so he can be separated from his um, <laughs> ovulating mother. <Ew. laughs> Mom, you're ovulating. <laughs> They're sitting down at dinner, and 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 the, the screen cuts to Wesley, and it's like, "Mom, you're ovulating again, aren't you?" <laughs> now, Wes. <laughs> We're getting dangerously close to to erotic fan fiction at this point, like incest fan fiction, erotic incestual fan fictional, fanatic fictional works, fanatic fiction. <laughs> oh uh, all right. my god! Where do we go from here? Where do we go um, from here? <laughs> all right, so so here here's where it really gets crazy. I, I don't want to say picks up, but. I guess that's that's relatively speaking what happens. Um, <clears throat> O'Brien returns from the hollow deck. He returns from like a ten episode hiatus. Now <laughs> I wrote this in my notes because O'Brien kayaking on the hollow deck is a concept repeatedly revisited in Deep Space Nine. Yeah, I I know, I know. You I know, know, really? I th I, th I thought you'd be happy to see this. I am happy to see this. I I like um the idea that O'Brien 
uh, has these this likes kayaking <laughs> has such a an unfulfilling life that he's repeatedly he's got hall addiction much like Barclay. Do you know what? So kayaking is one thing, but do you know what the bulk of O'Brien's holodeck time is in Deep Space Nine? Uh, sitting in a pub. <laughs> That's actually Voyager. Um, <laughs> but on Deep Space Nine, he re- repeatedly recreates historical battles to take place in and play like cowboys and Indians. Oh my god, he looks like a LARPer. He is a, he is a LARPer. He looks like the kind of kind of guy who would be like a middle manager in like a mailroom. Mm. And like on the weekends, he he dresses up in in like you know this little colonial costume that barely fits him and recreates goes, the goes civil to, war. Right, right, reenact the civil war. To me, um, the funniest thing and the most endearing thing too is that his friendship with Bashir is primarily based on the two of them going into the holodeck together and just recreating these battles and. So many times in so many episodes, they're like, oh, you know, this weekend we're doing the Alamo, and um, then someone else will come over. Probably Worf, because Worf's in the show this time, and Worf's like, why would you fight in a battle that you cannot win? (laughs) 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 Deep Space Nine's great. That's cute. It is cute. But anyway, I was happy to see O'Brien. He's not yet, he hasn't quite come into his own just yet, but... We're, these are the seeds of O'Brien. Not yet a woman. Once we get his Asian wife, then then he's truly yes, the Miles yes. O'Brien. Then, then he's like a real character. Yes. <clears throat> My question is, how do you get injured in the holodeck? Presumably there's fail-saves, right? Well, it's, it's all fake. Well, I mean, you can, in our advanced age, you know this, you can get injured getting out of bed. Um, unless, unless, uh, unless, unless the kayak came to life and gained <laughs> sentience and... <laughs> jumped out of the hollow deck and started terrorizing the Enterprise. Demon kayak. <laughs> you're, you're talking as if that's not a concept for an episode they've used several times. <laughs> <laughs> um, obviously, the, the logistics of hollow decks. Oh, here's something, by the way. In every mm. series, they name the hollow deck something else. There's hollow decks in TNG, hollow suites in Deep Space Nine. And in Voyager, they engage in hollow novels. What about hollow sours? What about all hollows eve? Hmm. So the logistics of the holodeck are beyond human comprehension. So are, are they the same thing, though? Well, they all operate the same way, in that you enter a digital space of things that aren't quite real. But inevitably, through some you know, spatial anomaly, they become real, and suddenly you have Dr. Moriarty to deal with. (laughs) Or Lawrence Tierney terrorizing (laughs) your ship. (laughs) And your film set. Yeah. (laughs) And your nightmares from then on out. We we need, we need, like, a a real, like, meta-meta holodeck episode where like Moriarty gets out of the holodeck and then crawls through your TV screen (laughs) 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 an old white guy now (laughs) that's 
that's the future of entertainment right there. <laughs> Cutting edge TNG. <laughs> speaking of cutting and things that make you want to do that, let's get back to the episode. Oh, I thought you were going to say, speaking of edging. <laughs> speaking of edging. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, we could go We could go two different ways with this now. Yes, yes. Um, but I, I'll have you know that I've, I've been edging since the pre-show discussion. <laughs> the, uh, the, the, the Patreon pre-show? Yes, yes. The subscriber-only pre-show? Uh... Yes. Okay. So here we enter the crux of the episode because John Doe comes over and heals O'Brien. Right? Yes, he gives him a glowy. He gives him a glowy, <laughs> and um, I can't quite remember, but I, I seem to recall that we like it, it, there was this theme of healing in like pretty much every script, but there was there was going to be some other some other cause for it, right? For the healing? Well, yeah. I don't know if there were more call-outs for it, but it was different structurally. There okay. There's no glowing. There's no glowing. No, it was, um... I think they were rubbed. It was rubbing crystals? Maybe, like, rounded crystals? It was the crystals. Yes, right. it was the crystals. Right, because Majel was really into these crystals at the time. And the... I, how does these things even fucking work? Maybe you, like, place them around you while you sleep and they heal you. I don't really know, but she was like selling them to people on set, and and Jean was uh, supportive of it. So like, let's put it in the episode. Maybe it'll become popular. People see it at home. It's a whole thing. But um, I think it was when Brent's mom died. Yeah, because he had bought he bought more crystals than anybody, and a ton. Right, because his he, mom, must, he must have put tens of thousands. What into was it those. cervical cancer? <laughs> yeah, yeah. His mom had cervical cancer, and. When the crystals didn't really help that, everybody kind of we we pulled them out of the episode like, extremely quickly. Yeah, I mean, I he tried everything. Too. I mean, he tried putting them up there like nice and close. Right, right. In and w- in said cervix. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Now cervix was the original working title of the Tuvix episode of Voyager. Just as a <laughs> just as a strange aside, but um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so those crystals never really made it into the final cut. Um, and to be honest, you know, after the uh, Menage a Troy episode, I'm a uh, fine paying zero homage to any of Majel's bullshit. Well, we have we have plenty to work with later on. Unfortunately. It's not like you could have made this episode much worse anyway. <laughs> Watch me. In fact, it, it, this entire episode should have just had Majel running around being a fucking bitch. It should have been a one-woman episode. <laughs> You're really into these one-man things recently. It's avant-garde. You know, what can I say? Like, an ep- Majel, um, uh, Luxwana wa- wakes up on the Enterprise, and nobody's there, and the Enterprise is rapidly careening towards the sun, and she has to figure out how to, you know, work the engine. And it turns out... Isn't that- this literally just a Crusher episode? <laughs> no, and it turns out that the engine has its own brain that she telepathically communes with, um, but it turns out that she is actually trapped within Jordy's psyche, and he envisions himself <laughs> as the engine of the Enterprise. <laughs> and, um, you know, all the while it cuts to uh, Jordy kind of walking around the Enterprise as a 
zombie because his consciousness has been sealed by some kind of entity that's now taking over him to get him to commit some kind of uh, treachery. And when Majel solves her problem inside of Jordy, his consciousness awakens on the outside right before he's going to like rip the plasma coils out of the engine or whatever. Right. Um, right. And it's, uh, I guess that's not quite a one woman episode, but it's, uh, it's getting there. It, this is better than what we would have had. <laughs> it's really sad that that sounds like something that would have been made. <laughs> the, um, the bar is low. For sure. But in any case, Major, yes, Major ended up having nothing to do with this. Um, instead, uh, would, John Doe just heals people by being a glowy. Right. He, he glows on them. He gives them a glow. He gives them a glow up. A glow job. <laughs> a glow job. There we go. Yeah, there we go. We, we got there. <laughs> we got there. You know, sometimes, sometimes you just push it out of the nest. Sometimes you iterate on it and you... Uh, get to the best place <laughs> who nelly so 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 there's a bunch of scenes of nothing uh <laughs> john doe kills wharf and then i'm yeah. <laughs> yeah and, and, and for some reason crusher doesn't look at john doe and say hey you know what i actually did this once <laughs> So, this is the first time that Worf is um, killed, but the second second time was when he is spiritually killed and asks Riker to finish the job, (laughs) which is um, an episode that exists, and every time I revisit it in my mind, I have to convince myself that it wasn't some kind of dream. (laughs) <laughs> I think I remember this. Yeah, it's the whole episode is, you know, Worf is dying honorably, whereas if he lives his life as an invalid, well, he won't die honorably. Right, right. But a apparently ritualistic um, mercy-killing suicide is a, a, a core tenet of Klingon <laughs> culture. That's honorable. Yes. Um, Worf is, uh, the most honorable guy I know. (laughs) (laughs) My best friend. Oh, Worf. My Worf. (laughs) So, there's, there's, there's a ship coming toward them now. Right? How untoward. Oh. (laughs) Yeah, and it's, uh, filled with a bunch of John Doe's. Yeah, but we don't know that yet. Right, right. And... it's on an intercept course. Meanwhile, we have um, a series of scenes featuring John Doe just saying, I can't explain it. I need to go somewhere. I, I don't know why. I can't explain it. I don't know who I am. And then he gets angry right. one time, and he's, I'm sorry I got angry. I don't know who I am. Right, right, right. <laughs> Shut the fuck up! <laughs> and then Picard says, it's completely understandable that you got angry. I don't know who yeah. you are either. <laughs> oh god what a fucking load what a load strong said what a load so they eventually come face to face with the ship and, and we do learn that it's full of john does yes um and then 
John Doe. There's like some kind of tension, I guess. They're like, oh, if you don't give us the John Doe, we'll open fire on you. <laughs> and Picard says, well, can't we just talk it out? And they say no. And Picard says, well, I'm going to talk anyway. And we'll <laughs> end up talking it out. I fucking hate Star Trek. I hate this episode. <laughs> it's so bad. It's terrible. It's fucking awful. <laughs> You're like a broken man at this point. Yeah. Can you blame me? You don't even want to talk about this episode. Anymore. No, I don't. I don't. Want, I don't want to talk about the episode. I don't want to like say these jokes. I don't want to do anything. Just, <laughs> we gotta get through it. We gotta get through it's, it. I. We've watched worse episodes, far worse episodes, but something about this is the most offensive. <laughs> offensive. Yeah. Yes. Can't describe why, but I certainly know that I hate it. I hate it. Oh my god, uh, and then John Doe comes on the bridge, and he's wearing white, and he shits himself, or whatever, whatever I wrote here. <laughs> um, then, uh, then he becomes God. Jesus. <laughs> wait, 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 you skipped, you skipped the, uh, the George Floyd tribute. <laughs> I did. <laughs> now is this explained is this just the power of the john does that they yeah do? yeah yeah the, the lead john doe says you you may not breathe anymore right. and then they all said i can't breathe everybody, i can't breathe everybody gets on the floor whilst <laughs> they raise they raise their fists up and kneel and they just they start chanting i can't breathe now if the regular john does have the power to sap an entire isolated space of you know oxygen through shields um how far are they from this ascended john doe's power <laughs> to be fair it might be technology that's true you know what they say about technology and magic right one is um indecipherable from the other if it's sufficiently mm. advanced mm. which is what they say no, no which joke. is something we hear every single fucking episode of the show right um there's, not, there's a fine line between science fiction and fantasy. Yeah, that's why they're usually grouped together in the bookstore. Right. You know, the same uh, demographic purchases them. <laughs> yeah. <It's... laughs> there's a fine line between a sci-fi fan and a fantasy fan. It's really just how boring you want your media to be. <laughs> and I, I, I'm a purist. Once I start enjoying my sci-fi too much, I turn it off. <laughs> i'm not there for that <laughs> so that's why you've been watching all this star trek yes that's why i really like voyager because i hate it so much <laughs> <laughs> but yeah john john doe turns into a proper glowy yes and good for him he really earned it yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> baby uh, um so where where okay okay so here's here's the thing here Yeah. <laughs> You're on. Uh, um, uh, uh.
<laughs> he becomes a being of pure energy. Mm-hmm. John Doe. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. I gotta compose myself. And there's a bit of a wardrobe change. He goes from, yeah, a bit. He goes from wearing the, the, um, the onesie to a body stocking. And we, because of, you know, there's a bunch of light, there's a body stocking covering the face. You can't really tell, but it's a new actor. Because mm-hmm. um, nobody really wanted to wear a body stocking. So we had to go to the local newspaper and hire body stocking fetish guy. Um, yeah. He, and luckily he had his own body stocking, but um, he was the only one willing to wear it. Unfortunately, like we couldn't get around you know, the erection issue whilst filming. Mm. Which is why we made the glow as strong as it was. Yeah, uh, yeah, oh. it's it's way you can still kind of see it. Yeah, I mean it was large. And in charge. And in charge. I mean, uh, you know, dick like that is always going to be in charge of me. But it's um, because originally there's no glow at all. It was just the uh, you know, a white body stocking guy and. The idea yeah, is yeah, that, yeah. oh, it's pure white. It must be a being of pure energy. Right, right. Right. But in this case, uh, you know, all right, he's, he's glowing a lot. That's cool. That's cool. Now, the problem was getting body stocking fetish guy off of the set once we finished. Because he, yeah, yeah. he kept wanting to show his body stockings to, you know, everybody on the crew, the men, the women. Um yeah, he, he was he was really really excited about it. Um, he he brought a collection actually, like all different colors. Right. He's like, whatever color you need, I have it. And um, we're like, okay, white will do. And he's kept changing into the other ones before finally getting into white or whatever. He right. Did. Right. I remember at one point he brought Will back to uh, not his trailer, but more like the alley behind the studio. And, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. He was showing him his uh, his all his his collection. Uh, will was insufferable after that. I remember just for weeks. Actually, it's called Zentai, and I was like, oh. My uh, whatever will what a little shit yeah fuck we we did eventually have to kick him off the set though not will the the, the bodysuit fetishist um right for humping marina's leg yes um i remember i think she i think she showed up in in stockings that they not a body stocking but just you know normal yeah stockings. yeah in, in stock yeah. yeah which is enough i guess yeah enough? it's the same material right the um the nylon mm. Mm. now I've I know nylon best for uh, the guitar strings, but uh, that was that was one of its famous appearances. <laughs> but of course, <laughs> I uh, and the episode ends. I guess. Uh yeah 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 they they have this they have probably what could have been an actually interesting part of the episode that gets glossed over because oh. we're out of time. God, the exposition dump at the end here. Oh my God, yes. The, the worst thing. I, I think this was the moment I knew that this episode was um, fucking irredeemable. Because um, we, we talked earlier, we're talking now. There's elements of this idea that work. That uh, you, you, know, you see them and you can imagine a good story here. And they're all just explained away in in one monologue Mm -hmm. as the camera pans over the faces of the characters listening and adding nothing 
Yeah, no, it's it's just like the epitome of terrible storytelling. Star Trek, everybody. Star Trek. Trek, Trek, Star. <laughs> yeah, and the... Oh, God, I'm sorry. Uh, like, like we talked about earlier, this could have been a proper, you know, uh, theme to explore for an episode. A species is evolving, uh, and, and the majority doesn't want the minority to disrupt their power balance. That's interesting. Hmm. Luckily, and this is this is what we get. What the fuck? Luckily, they revisited the revisited this concept in the episode where the Voyager characters evolve into salamanders, <laughs> and then have sex with each other. Yes, and then procreate. Very important. Yeah, I mean, I um, I guess I'm used to it now of the missed potential inherent mm-hmm. in a lot of these executions of TNG. It's it's still just I mean it's it's always baffling because you, like some schmuck like you or me you or me could look at this and and be like well you know why didn't you just do anything else like and and, and I mean we we've recreated episodes on the show yes several times yes just out of thin air and they've been a million times better and like, and I'm not saying that because we made them it's just like that major old Jordy joint from earlier <laughs> yeah yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, I'm trying to think of the gain of doing the episode this way. Like, what is the appeal? And I think it's a might be a budget thing. This episode only has one actual location, and everything right. else is just kind of quietly shot on the the Enterprise sets. Yeah, it's 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 if not a bottle episode, it's pretty close. So, but uh, you can still do something interesting on the on the Enterprise. Mm. Have a delegation. I don't fucking care no you have a delegation that's an excuse for Luxwana to show up (laughs) or Riker to have sex with one of them yeah that's what we need I'm waiting for the episode where Riker has sex with that androgynous thing oh god (laughs) what season is that that's a good question I don't know it's pretty late I think I I think it's four actually really I gotta look this up now um Actually, Riker, sex, androgynous. <laughs> Instant, the first result. <laughs> um, this is part of season five. Okay. I don't know if Riker actually has sex with it, but it probably does. Wow, Den of Geek ranked this episode as one of the top 25, quote, must-watch, end quote, episodes of Star Trek The Next Generation. Wow, we should fucking suicide bomb Den of Geek's office <laughs> in Minecraft. <laughs> so many times reading the um, Wikipedia uh, about Star Trek, Den of Geek crops up all the time. Den of Geek says this is one of the must-watch episodes if you're gonna binge-watch Tom Paris's Ark and Voyager. You know, like who who gives a shit? <laughs> Wait, Tom Paris? Tom Paris? You mean the salamander? <laughs> the salamander who had sex with salamander Janeway? Yeah, if there's only one thing you retain about Voyager, please let it be that. <laughs> God knows I'll never end up watching it. Actor Jonathan Frakes, who played Riker, also commented that the episode was not daring enough in that Soren, who was played by Melinda Culia, should have been more evidently male. 
Ew. <laughs> oh, that was that was during one of his phases, wasn't it? Um, this is is he like the moon, Jonathan Frakes? Does he have phases? Well, you know, he always has phases. It's true. I do like waning Frakes the most. <laughs> Waxing Frakes. <laughs> The waxing frakes is just what we did between shots. <laughs> it would just grow in real time, like, right before our eyes. I oh, shit, get the wax. <laughs> hurry up, hurry up, god damn it. Uh, Alright, yeah, so, yeah, then the episode ends uh, very abruptly, I might add. You know, most episodes, they... They kind of have this like this scene after the conflict is resolved where we get to see where the characters are standing emotionally. That doesn't or just happen physically. Here. <laughs> Shut up. Uh, yeah, that, that does not happen here because you know we needed to devote an extra five minutes to uh, to to John Doe. I don't, I don't know, sitting in ten forward or something. Now here's a um, uh, here, here's something. So. <laughs> Uh, I I, don't know, I feel dread nowadays when I start a sentence that way, but um, <laughs> both crushers Wesley and um, Beverly have had encounters with um, the third kind. <laughs> I guess it would be the fourth kind at this point, but with these <laughs> energy alien um, transcendent beings, and both of them have had a romantic tinge to them. Um, Beverly in this episode with John Doe and Wesley with the Traveler. <laughs> You're not wrong about that. Do you think they'll sit at the dinner table and be like, "Oh, mom, I also loved an alien energy being." <laughs> well, you know, use the past tense, but then then Wesley will go on to uh, to be molested and groomed by the Traveler, yeah. so he can appear in Picard season two. I wonder what the um outcome of that is it's like oh wesley a long time no see and wesley's like i'm a traveler now <laughs> i travel you can just like turn into like <laughs> fucking energy and fly around like what a, what a stupid yeah, whatever what if that's I'm how they wrote them in like the um they completely paint themselves into a corner with the conflict and have it how the good guys win and then wesley crusher shows up and um just you know, I'll save the day. I've traveled here, and then he like <laughs> oh god becomes a floating orb and like rams into whoever the uh I don't know the white guy antagonist is, and he like flies back and off of off a of platform or something, and he he dies, and uh, then the the, time, uh, the, the, the timeline <laughs> the emperor is of ice. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I I am morbidly curious about uh, how bad season three is gonna be. I I kind of can't wait. We are all illegal aliens in a way. You know. <laughs> yeah, you just got to say that with like Patrick Stewart's old decrepit voice. We are all illegal aliens in a way. Uh, that's like five times faster than he could say anything. <laughs> when I was a boy, I loved the stars. <laughs> I loved two things in life. The stars! <laughs> And data. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, shit. Fucking hell. <laughs> Alright, so we have reached the end of the episode. Oh my god, we did it. Uh, we we kind of speed ran the end. I, um... this I think this is the most my patience has ever been 
tried in one of these episodes and part of it is being on the brink of the following episode mm-hmm. um not that the length of this episode is going to get us there any quicker quick quicker quicker but um quickly 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 still i just don't want to dwell on this for for all that long yeah so saucer steps saucer steps um i'm trying to divorce myself from my uh emotional state right now but at the same time i can't in good faith give it more than 1.5 what are you gonna you're gonna say two aren't you no no i was actually gonna say one. Oh, well that's fine but you might like you might be more objective by saying 1.5 it's really bad it doesn't really, really it's really bad it's not a good app now, I do want to close out with a quick little anecdote in that um, we, we we actually had this episode in our back pocket for a while. We did. If you, uh, if you recall, we had the script floating around for, geez, at least a year. Which makes sense. It's it, got kind of those season two vibes. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, you know, that's 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 absolutely why. And it's um, we were always kind of under this this looming threat of having to, to end the show prematurely. So. What we were going to do is kind of <clears throat> have this script with this Christ-like figure. And uh, we'd have the Enterprise be destroyed by the Borg. John Doe would transform, and he'd um, he'd send all the crew to heaven. Right. right. Um, except for O'Brien, who we would send to hell, of course. Of course. And, uh, you know, they'd have a nice little scene up in heaven. And, and that would be it. It would be kind of like Lost. Right. Um, it would also be like the Sopranos, where it would cut to black at some point. Right. Um, right. For example, uh, they would be in heaven, and they'd all be like congratulating each other on a successful trip. And um, they would cut in on Picard smiling, like a slow zoom, because he's with his friends <laughs> and they're all together. Yeah. Um, it's kind of like dreamy. <laughs> and uh, then, you know, from off camera you would hear, hello, Jean-Luc, and it's Q, Q's voice, yeah. and then it cuts to yeah. black. Right. Yeah. And then, um, then, then, you know, 20 years later, we would, we would end up um, doing a prequel uh, about Black Riot. Oh, wait, we actually did do that. We did do that. Oh, well. Well, really, uh... I guess it all worked out, didn't it? If there's one thing I could say about this episode is that it worked out. <laughs> Um, you got any trivia? So little happened in this episode. I actually don't have anything for you, but I can read some stupid trivia if you want. <laughs> I'm in. Sock it to me. Recorded live, Star Trek: Spock versus Q, starring Leonard Nimoy and John Delancey. Now, is this a versus like a um like a collaboration music track where? It's 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 billed as verses, but really they're just collaborating. Oh God! <laughs> I never want to hear John Delancey rapping. That's conversely, that's about the only thing I want to hear. These this days. this is from ScreenRant.com. They're like Den of Geek. These people. Yeah, well, they're all the same now. I mean, you you can't look up anything relating to any franchise anymore without getting you know pages and pages of results of like these kind of stupid clickbaity like articles written by complete retards yeah um 
unfortunately. So here's here's what they say about about Star Trek Spock versus Q. Mm-hmm. Uh, the audio novel Sp- Spock vs. Q and, and its sequel, Spock vs. Q, the sequel, um, pit the mischievous god against Spock himself. <laughs> and the two locked intellectual and ideological horns for the first time. Am I supposed the to sto- believe <laughs> that this is at all like a compelling matchup? <laughs> the story centered around an asteroid hurtling toward Earth near the end of the 20th century which would destroy humanity. Spock travels back in time to try and convince, try and convince, by the way, that's what it says, to try and convince humanity to take the threat seriously, which prompts Q to show up, to show up, and warn him against direct involvement. Spock retaliates with an intellectual logic barrage, (laughs) which ends up changing Q's mind about the value of humanity and what it could become. Embarrassing. (laughs) Embarrassing. <laughs> so why would why would Q give a shit about this to begin with? Why why anything really? He wouldn't. He wouldn't. He would not. Uh, let's see what other Star Trek trivia there is. There there is none. We've used it all. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, boys. No more trivia. Um. I got a trivia for you. Okay. Who played Spock? Fuck. Fuck. It was... Yes? Leonard... Uh, sorry, the answer we were looking for was Zachary Quinto. <laughs> <laughs> Zachary Quinto, he was a big thing for a while. Yeah, he was Siler on Heroes. Yeah, he was. I'm surprised you remember the name of the character. I'm a big Heroes guy. <laughs> Heroes was good for a season. Yeah, for one season. Yeah, it's yeah. a shame. Um, Something... Uh... About saving a cheerleader, which I know you're really into. Saving cheerleaders? Yeah, for marriage. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a little more into killing cheerleaders. Based? Based? Oh, Nelly. They get what they deserve. Like your hand. <clears throat> now, who played huh? who played Kirk in that? One of the beastie boys, That was, right? um... <laughs> the beast. What? Okay. How deep does this go? The um, it was uh, the the trailer for um the the movie had a the sabotage. Had a song? Yeah. Oh, I think the film itself used the, the song "Sabotage." Sabotage. Uh, God, who was it? I like, I it's it's on the tip of my tongue too. Chris uh, Pine. That's right. Like the cone. Like the cone. Yeah. Chris right. Pine cone. Right. <laughs> this trivia night is bumping. Yeah, those movies fucking sucked. I never watched them, but it was my image that they are always just like straight action movies. Yeah. Not really Star Trek at all. I've probably I've probably told this story before, but I, I remember being in line somewhere 
like right after the first one had come out and I was listening to these guys talk about it and they were like, yeah, one was like, yeah, dude, I went to go see Star Trek. And the other one was like, what, dude? No, Star Trek's dumb. <laughs> and then the other one was like, oh, dude, no, it's, it's not like Star Trek at all. It's fucking awesome. <laughs> and I just kind of throw my hands up in the air like I just want to fucking shoot both of you in the head. I mean, the, the, the great move by the studio, you know? Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. I mean, they, they, they knew how to get an audience of fucking idiots. Well, I guess uh, so, so too does the current studio execs with their uh, yeah. Trek moves. Yeah. <laughs> where, where everything is just, you know, emotionally manipulative and simple. Right, right. Like, uh, remember this guy? Uh, he loved the stars. <laughs> remember this girl? She heckin' loves science. Remember this uh, lovable uh, alien? She actually incited the Black Lives Matter riots. <laughs> remember this lovable android? He's fucking fat now. <laughs> <laughs> remember, remember this lovable commander? His son is dead. Who's this? Didn't uh, Riker and, and Troy have a kid and he died? Oh, uh, probably. Something like that? Maybe. Because no one can ever be really happy. No, you gotta have a dark past. <laughs> right. And a dark future. Right. Uh, that sounds like a Transformers movie. Transformers <laughs> Dark Future. <laughs> dark of the future. Remember... Uh, when Tarantino was supposed to be making a Star Trek movie? No. To be honest, I don't think I would like that. I don't know if I would like it, but I would like to see it. Sure. I'm I'm curious, but I don't think that... I, I like the way that he writes dialogue, but I don't think it really gels with, with my image of Star Trek. He's a little too edgy. Yeah. I don't... I just don't want to be entertained. <laughs> I, I don't want Kirk to say the N-word. Oh, God. A whole scene of uh, teaching data. <laughs> Just teaching data. No, I'll say no more. <laughs> it's like, he becomes like that AI that was on Twitter for like a day before it started calling people the N-word. It's actually the entire plot of the movie, that and its repercussions. <laughs> Data's just walking around the, the Enterprise calling everyone the N-word. Uh, uh-oh. Captain. Yes? It appears Data is beamed down to San Francisco. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, my God. What a great idea. All right. I, really I, I, come I'm, up with some I'm back in. Get, 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 get Tarantino on board. <laughs> all right let's let's get a treatment ready for this we're we're sending that into hollywood <laughs> uh well i guess that's it yeah even for an episode that um inspired absolute despair and a lack of will to continue we've uh capped out over two hours great that's what i like to hear yeah um you know, we're going to be on our deathbeds one day, and as will everyone listening to this, but when uh, that happens, I'm going to, you know, shed a single tear, use <laughs> use my remaining strength to 
clench my hand around uh, whoever's there attending to me and <laughs> just gasp out, I wish I had spent more time <laughs> in my ready room. <laughs> 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 Join us next week for um, the final, the, the ultimate episode of season three, um, which I hear. Or, or as, as some idiots might say, the penultimate episode. <laughs> or the teller ultimate episode, depending on how much of an idiot you are. <laughs> but um, as always, I want to give a shout out to the sponsors of the Readier Room. That includes Denny's, home of the Grand Slam, Moons Over Miami, um, the Pep Boys, home of their three-minute oil change, and... Um, the sponsor that I introduced last week. If you go to any of these establishments, then you can uh, say the word readier for 15% off of your purchase or service. Let them know that Mitch sent you, and they'll hook you up right. Until then, until next time, until then, please <laughs> prepare yourselves for the end of Season 3. And in the interim, as always, stay readier. The Troublesome Little Man Child. I stand before you defrocked, condemned to be a member of this lowest of species. Thank you, Ensign. Engage. inside the bottle.